Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You've dropped in on our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today's episode, Culture. Ooh, so key. So key. This is the companion to the companion to office politics. Mm. So if we go back the other way, office politics, community, and now culture, and mm. this is the trifecta. Mm. I think so too. I think so too. We, we were actually just talking about, I said, well, you know, culture uh, is really created out of beautiful community. And Alistair said that community is actually created out of great culture. So it, it is. It's interesting. It's circular. We, we've decided we're both right. We're both right. Yeah. We're so accommodating. We are. <laughs> <laughs> I've been off for a week though, so I'm very relaxed. He does seem very relaxed. He seems not quite, I don't know, you're not on that razor edge at all. Well, you know what? And it was this, this is the first start, uh, the first day back on vacation and uh, from vacation. And I'll tell you, it was a little bit of a slow day. It was like I, I was still kind of, and this was a, this was a complete slowdown vacation. Mm-hmm. I haven't had one of these in a long time where I just read. They had a hot tub. Um, I ate well. Um, but I, I, it was, it was easy, like really easy. Just my wife and I, we, the kids weren't with us this time. And, uh, so it was just so slow. And I, this used to drive me mad in those types of vacations. That's my type of vacation, man. I have evolved. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's uh, you know, we talk about the Enneagram, the five vacation is, is slow down, read, take it easy and stay away from me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, the seven on the Enneagram vacation is let's go and do a thousand things. So this is, I've shifted over time. This is Josette's impact on me. That's for sure. And we have to laugh. So Greg and I were arranging today for this recording episode and we're going back and forth. And I said, you know, could you give me a drive home? He goes, sure. So I arrived at his house at five o'clock and Greg was at my house. <laughs> I got this text that said, uh, I've arrived. And I said, so have I. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The detail orientation is not necessarily a part of my uh, strength. And uh, yeah. somebody ratted you out for that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so. <laughs> so let's set the stage here. Greg and I have been friends for a long time. We've both spent a fair bit of time as managers or leaders. We've both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We're going to start at the perspective of the employee and move on. And we're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations. And we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. And we've already started the discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. So culture. You have a work environment where you experience some or all of the following. You work in a company or organization that has tenants written on the wall, don't know anything about it or how they got there. There was a process to create the tenets of the organization, but there was no transparency on that process. There is a culture in the workplace that isn't consistent with those tenets. There was a great culture, but over time things have slipped away. Behaviors like cell phones in meetings, people are late to meetings or blow off meetings, there's gossip, add to the list whatever you are seeing. There is a fairly good corporate culture, but the transactions with your boss isn't good affecting the culture for you. There's a negative culture that's affecting your ability to work with your coworkers. The culture is unsatisfactory. You're just keeping your head down and trying to get your work done. So how important is this subject, Greg, and how does it affect our relationships and the work environment? Well, you know, this is my sweet spot. This is what I love. And this is what you do. This is what I do. But, but I, I love it and I do it because I've seen when it's precious. So I have three work experiences 
that all had this. And, and uh, there are many people that haven't experienced it at all. I've also experienced at least two work environments that had uh, what you've described here as a, a, a lack of culture, a lack of focus, a lack of purpose, uh, and I've seen what that can do. So in those environments, I was exactly what you described here. It was tiring to go to work. It was confusing. We didn't know where we were going. It was hypocritical because what was up on the walls and what everybody talked about wasn't living in the environment. You know, the definition of culture is the lowest level of behaviors that you accept. So it doesn't matter what's on that wall. Really, culture is the lowest level of behaviors which you accept in the, in the organization. And in at least a couple of those organizations, it was the lowest level. Um, and, and that was tough to really survive in. But when you see it, when you feel it, it's like a, a well-run machine. Everybody's moving in the same direction. Everybody's focused for it. So it can be when it's not there, when these things that you just described are happening, the lack of culture or the inconsistent delivery of culture, um, it is a, it's a sad, unrealized potential place. Uh, and, and I honestly, it's the thing that I just don't understand. Um, how uncomplicated laying out where you're going together, engaging people in that conversation, and then creating those tenets and living by those tenets and supporting each other and bringing that forward. It always wrote, those three organizations that I talk about had significant growth, profits, sales, market share. All, they were so successful. And you know what? Uh, we'll talk about it. But uh, the three companies were Marriott, Porter Airlines, and Campbell Soup. I knew Campbell's soup was going to be in there. You know, you know, you know. And Marriott, actually, both Marriott and Porter Airlines are interesting because uh, the founders held the heart of the company and passed on to their kids, and in particular Marriott for sure. That's now three generations, and at least three generations. And they all—it was a simple thing: treat your people well; they'll treat the customer well. And guess what? You walk into most Marriotts, you get the sense and feel because everything is designed around that. That's a culture that's living and accelerating growth. I still have some stocks from that, and people told me a long time ago, especially during COVID, they should—you should sell your your Marriott stocks. I have very small amount, but still in that very small amount, man, they've done very well because they consistently are bringing big ideas forward. And it's because they tap into the hundreds of thousands of people that they have working for them. So, uh, I feel there, I've had three different types of experiences and because I've worked in really large organizations, I've probably experienced all three within those organizations. Mm. So the first one is when there's just a good culture, when, you know, you feel valued, you know, everybody talks very positively. People are there to support one another. Uh, it isn't, uh, 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 toxic at all. Like you just know when there's a good one. And I've been in a couple situations where it is absolutely toxic mm -hmm. from the top to everybody in your, you know, uh, dealing with one another. And it hasn't happened often for me, but when it does, it's like, this is flipping ridiculous mm. and because it's everybody's responsibility it isn't just a big boss it isn't just you know it's everybody it's every transaction that you do and the middle one is where you know there's generally a good culture but we let things slide mm. and next you know people are blown off meetings or they're on their phones during meetings and and these behaviors creep in which change the culture 
and and you know somebody blows off enough meetings with you you don't feel good about the situation the culture is bad oh they don't care about me they don't mm -hmm. care about what i have to say uh maybe the work i'm doing doesn't mean anything and so i've been in a bunch of situations where it slid a little bit and there's one or two that slid a lot and and these things are you know are preventable and so uh those are kind of the three kind of groupings of things that i've dealt with mm -hmm. and I've, i have experienced them in you know kind of the two big organizations uh uh, for a moment, you know, I've probably experienced all three of them, just, mm. you know, and the worst ones probably just briefly, but, uh, often, you know, organizations slide a little bit and mm -hmm. then they recorrect uh, sometimes it depends who's in charge and, and really how people deal with one another. I do think it's all a responsibility though. Yeah. And I also think during COVID, this is where culture has really hurt. Yes. Uh, and because things have slid. People are getting away with stuff that they normally wouldn't get away with. Well, I think I maybe told you this. There's a session I was at a few weeks ago, and they talked about what are the two things that people are looking for. And accountability is, this is, this is you know, what folks are looking for across um, generations. They're looking for accountability. Like, tell me what are the rules. Like, keep the rules tight. Not too many of them, but culture are one of those things that this is something that we are going to protect. So this is what we expect. And when you don't, if you want to be a part of the organization, this is what we expect. And if you don't, we're going to have a conversation. Uh, and if you're someone, I don't care what level you're at, what role you're at, if you're not walking what we've shared, committed to together you're going to walk somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And uh, the best organizations do it, the worst organizations. And, and to your, your point, I think it's really interesting because it's a slippery slope. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, well, you know what? I, you know, we'll let them go on this one. We'll let them go on this one. And then, then everybody looks, and there's all kinds of levels, to your point. People say, well, obviously, uh, I'm not going to do that because they're going to do that. And then they just become those stickers on the wall that mean nothing. Because we take our cues from those that we report to, mm -hmm. right? And and to maybe informal team leaders that are are amongst us. Like if people start letting things slide, then that's what happens. And it's really hard to move that you know, that that the boulder back up the hill, right? Mm -hmm. And it sometimes takes new leadership or whatever. But it, I, I've been in a couple of really good situations, and you know I've worked for people that are like four or five levels above me, mm -hmm. and. There's one situation in particular. It's like, it was the best working environment. Mm. I, like I knew I could walk in there and somebody was going to listen to me. Mm -hmm. And when that person came to talk to me, they were very clear about what their expectations were. And they would, if I had a couple of questions, they would answer it. They appreciated my work. And, and, uh, I had to make a couple of adjustments in how I worked in that unit and they listened to me and we talked about it. And, uh, uh, cause I was the lowest ranking person there and, and it, it was cool. It was cool. Mm. It was a really, you know, I didn't talk to that person a lot, but every time it was a good exchange, it was a good culture as far as I was concerned. Yeah, it's interesting because I remember one place that was one of my bad culture experiences and I, I got there on the tail end of the good stuff. Oh, And so, but it was a buyout. So it was a smaller organization that was founder led that had a real purpose and heart and you knew what they were trying to create and people believed in it and that type of thing. And then they were bought out by a bigger organization and they brought in a, a um, an operations person who was like all numbers and no heart. And uh, I just joined at that, uh, like probably about three months after he joined. And that so isn't you. 
Oh man, it was so tough because he uh, honestly, the guy just didn't get it. I mean, he was smart, but he wasn't people smart, and the organization disappeared. Yeah, it it now it just uh, all that it it blended out. He was gone in about a, um, I think about probably two years. I was gone in eighteen months because it was one of those ones I went into because it sounded like and the people I talked to. Uh, believed in something special. It reminded me a lot of the Marriott kind of energy. And then it was not. You know what? I've done a, a couple uh, international conferences at a Marriott. Man, it was so good to deal with them because when you grab somebody and say, hey, listen, I have this issue. They go, I don't know what the question is. I'm going to go get somebody. And like within five minutes, they were back mm-hmm. with somebody. And if they couldn't find that person, they brought back like an assistant manager or manager. They said, what do you? And my problem was always solved. You know, when you're running a conference, everything is an emergency, right? Because you're on yeah. the clock and stuff. And, you know, I, I, you know, you started talking about Marriott and I go, I've got some good, you know, Marriott stories as a customer. Yeah. You know, running a, a 400 person conference. Yeah. And, uh, they, they were very responsive. I felt at home. Yeah. Well, you, you also tell a great culture is when you ask someone a question and they said, they'll just come on with me. Uh, like I'm actually going to, do this and I'm going to get it to a close for you. That's right. You know, even in retail, where was I? The, uh, I was trying to think over the last couple of weeks, I had two experiences and I wish I, I'll think about them. Uh, I, but one was uh, in one of the large branded um, uh, hardware, no, uh, general merchandising stores. And I asked someone, they said, oh, I don't know. That's not my, that's not my area. Uh, it's not my department. It's not my area. And, and this actually is an organization that used to have some, some culture that you believe in, but it's not, I'm not in that department, um, was the other one. And, and actually it's interesting because I, and now I remember it was the same organization, but a different location I went to and I asked another question. This was a couple weeks back and the person says, I'm going to figure it out for you. So it does go to show even within a large organization, depending on the local store, uh, you can create a culture within that space. It's a different experience. Oh, and I mean, this this person went and found a forklift driver to get something off the top to move it down, and he ca- offered to help carry it out the door. And you know, in the other store, it's not my job, and I'm not able to do that because it's I'm not in that department. You know, like that. What's that? And it's the same organization with the same logos and values up on the wall, but completely different experience. And guess what? I've never gone back to that at the store. Yeah. And in terms of words up on a wall, we did an episode probably two years ago called Hallowed Words, which Mm. people might want to go back and listen to as well, which is specifically about creating those words. And uh, we're overlapping slightly here, but we're more interested today in the actual culture. But there was that previous episode, I think it was called Hallowed Words. Yeah, that's I don't know the number offhand, but uh, you can just scroll down there. So, um as a manager, what can you do to assist in this situation? Culture is reinforced in every transaction we have with everyone you work with. I really do believe there's a huge amount of personal responsibility in culture. And as a manager, as a leader, you have to think about that in every transaction you have with, with people because they're watching you. They're watching for, you know, what's the, what's, what are we doing here? How are we uh, reacting to one another? How are we working together how do we talk mm-hmm. especially about those difficult things because people are going to take their 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 cue from from what you say mm-hmm. you know it's interesting too because even if you even even if there isn't a culture established in an organization 
what you believe, you can create the space within what you manage, right? So it's kind of interesting. So that that whole um, reinforce it in every transaction. I mean, you know what? Like uh, in that one example I just gave, in the one store, I am certain that the, the general manager of that location believes in the tenants of the organization that are there. But even if they weren't there, I bet you that person believes in service, in the point of difference of of uh, me feeling satisfied and served and supported they definitely felt that so and you can do it in everything and you got to it starts with you and how you're showing up to your team and ask yourself the question how are you showing up in everything that you do yeah yeah because people are gonna they're gonna they're gonna look they're gonna take all their their cues from you yeah you know i had a coaching session day with someone we were talking about how to show up and sometimes we think so much uh we get we get confused as to what's could happen or what has happened and we're easily we're easily influenced on how we show up by what happened yesterday or what we think is going to happen tomorrow and we had this long conversation around why that that really it's it it is such a waste of energy. You can't change the past. It's you a new day. Can't predict the future. So decide how you want to show up and what's the environment that you want to create. Whether or not there is uh, stickers on the wall and whether or not there's a clear purpose of the organization you're in, you can create a space mm-hmm. that both the folks that work for you are excited to be there. They're they're. They believe in something. They feel like they're contributing. And then they will also treat your customers that way. And how are the people above you showing up? This influences you as a manager. Like if senior management, if you know executive management is, is not uh, carrying on the way that they should, that's something you have to be aware of because to your point, um, you can create a space. Mm-hmm. You know, In a huge organization, there's going to be all sorts of stuff going on. But you can create a space in your area, hopefully, mm-hmm. and, and and create just a good experience for everybody, a good culture where, where people feel uh, looked after, where they 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 feel that they're being seen, that their work is being appreciated. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just have to be aware of what's going on above you. And you know, if it's good, hey, great. If it's not so good, then just be very mindful of that in 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 terms of uh, your. Um, interaction with them and not letting it pollute what's going on on in your area yeah and you know you may have opportunities to influence what's going on above sometimes you can't sometimes you know you are stuck where you're at but while you're here what can i do if i can't influence if i have no uh no influence whatsoever on the senior leaders like i mean i have been in an organization where the most senior person was you know big ego um we can say it, Greg, an idiot. He just a complete, like, really lost in his style and approach, and would create these explosions everywhere this person went. This is a while back, but it was it was pretty. It was pretty. Uh, you, you know what I call those people? Mm. Drive bys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This he, this person was a drive by, and again, he was intelligent, but no no emotional intelligence, and the uh, the spin that was created by doing that so so we but but in that case i had no control over him i could have a conversation but i had no i was pretty new in the organization i was a fairly lower level 
person, the one person that I report to that had greater uh, voice did give us voice and actually ended up being exited out of the organization. <laughs> um, but, you know, we I didn't stay that long either because I wasn't going to be there. So you still have opportunities within your space to do something. You may have to leave if it's too much. But um, anyways, I think you're right. And do you encourage people to contribute to good culture with both positive and critical feedback? I prefer this be done one-on-one. -on -one. I know sometimes people call out people like in person, like in a group setting or on a group uh, email or whatever you use and stuff like this. You know, I don't know how many times I've gone up to somebody after a meeting and just pulled them aside and, you know, Greg, uh, what you were contributing to that conversation was really good. Despite the fact that the predominant opinion was something else, I really appreciated how you stuck to your guns and in a very polite, uh, thought out, planned way, kind of laid out this alternative uh, course of action. Thank you very much for number one, coming in prepared mm -hmm. and just handling that conversation in such a good way. It did not go unnoticed by everybody else in the room, just your integrity mm -hmm. and just how you did things. And I've also pulled somebody aside and said, listen, uh, it's great that you're showing up and talking and saying stuff. I think you need to spend a little bit more time listening to what's going on. Mm -hmm. You have so much to add to this, but there's also other people. And I think some of the ideas are getting walked over mm -hmm. because there's just a lot of it and, and, you know, pull them off the side, just had a really good conversation. Mm -hmm. We talked about it and we had a, a pre-existing relationship. Um, I'm not a huge fan of sending out you know, in a meeting, just singling somebody out. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm always afraid I'm missing somebody else that's done, done something well as well. So mm. I like to do it uh, kind of more one-on-one -on -one and encourage people and, and call out when they do a really good thing mm -hmm. and when they really contribute to the culture of the place. And also, you know, if maybe there's a misstep, just having that conversation as well. Yeah, I find it's a balance, right? Because I'm, I'm with you. I do prefer one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I think it depends upon who the person is. And this comes back to, again, knowing your people mm. because uh, there are some folks that what is so important for them is to be called out. Um, in affirmation. Affirmation. And there are other people that um, they love to be valued, but don't call me out in front of anybody else. Because I'll quit. That, yeah, exactly, exactly. But there is also something around, again, if you have those tenants that are established, the values in particular that help guide culture uh, or the purpose um, or even the mission, and you see someone doing something courageously as an example, uh, if courage is one of your values or whatever, uh, I have at times said, you know what, um, Alistair, I, boy, first of all, great conversation. Um, and I can imagine that wasn't easy to bring up that concern of yours. For me, that really reflects our value of courage of stepping into something in a respectful way and moving forward. And a lot of the work that we've been doing lately is actually helping organizations look at their tenants, in particular their values and those kinds of things, and evaluate them as to, are they still valid? Um, what are the newest expressions of these? Uh, but the other thing that I love is actually doing, um, uh, what are the things that we will see when we're living them and the second thing we have a dialogue around, what are the watchouts? Uh, and knowing where we're at, knowing the environment we're experiencing right now, what are those watchouts that we're going to have to hold ourselves accountable? Because if we've had that conversation and we actually further express the watchouts of the behaviors, 
it provides language for us to say, hey, you know, I know when we talked about that uh, under the current stressful situation we're under, the one thing we're going to watch out is that we don't do this. Um, and I'm worried that in this conversation that we're having right now, we're moving towards that. Um, let's, let's take a five minute break and let's reflect and seeing how do we pull back on these other two things and kind of move forward. That's a good way of doing it without, you know, but sometimes you also have to call somebody out if you have had those individual conversations, because the other experience I've had, and then I'll be quiet, but the other experience I have is that, um, dealing everything in private and the rest of the organization thinks you're doing nothing. And therefore, those behaviors aren't aren't there. So you have to you have to play it. I, I agree. One on one is very important at the beginning, for sure. And depending on the individual, and sometimes you got to call it out and say, "Hey, you know what? Personally, this is how I felt, and I think we need to. I think we need to pull back on that one because I feel that we're moving down this way." And this isn't to say that uh, I don't. Uh, I haven't in the past affirmed the group. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's situations where, you know, multiple people within a setting are doing a really good job and just the conversation and the way we've been able to focus and get something done that I haven't got, Hey folks, uh, thanks for what you're doing here. Uh, this has been really great. I really like the way that we're all working together and stuff like that. And on the point about, uh, calling somebody out maybe with negative things, it's, it's interesting because people, see what's going on if i after a meeting i went oh great could i have a word people know what's going to happen mm-hmm. people 100 know what's going to happen and chances are you're going to tell somebody anyway mm. but i i do take your point and it's one of those things it is a judgment call and how you deal with that there's times when people want to know that's the business is being taken care of mm-hmm. they're not asking it because they're they're the rubbernecking it's because they might have uh, some agency in what's going on and they want to know that something's looked after and and giving them feedback in that situation is something that's it's very uh, sensitive and has to be done in a way that also protects the privacy of the person that you've talked to. Right, right. And, and to your point, it's not the first thing you do. Uh, uh, no. Right, so. And you kind of talked on, uh, jumped on this uh, about talking about things. Do you talk about the culture with the management team? And you were kind of alluding to this that, you know, when you're going through a stressful time or maybe uh, it's one of those reflective times and, and the management team is sitting there and like, how are we doing with um, our tenants or the values, whatever you call them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe, you know, you the management team goes, listen, we had a, a thing over here and things were working out really well and uh, I really do think something's good. Or we had a, a, a time uh, and there were some issues and so this is what we've done to address them. Just so the, mm-hmm. the rest of the management team knows that there's stuff going on, to your point. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I've been in a couple situations where as a management team, we, we've talked, not getting too specific, but just talking about what's going on and, and that, you know, there was a, a drift towards something and that uh, things were being talked about and, and and it was being addressed. And I've reported up to people that I've worked for, uh, you know, I, I've, I've asked a question once, uh, are you aware of, the, is this a pre-existing problem? Mm-hmm. And they go, yeah. He says, oh, okay. Well, mm. it's landed again. And just let you know, this is what I'm doing and this is that. Right. Oh, okay. And just keeping people informed. It isn't a secret thing. We we all report to somebody. Yeah. And it's important that we do that in a way that accurately reflects what's going on. And I think it's a really good point. If you don't, and even if you don't have tenants up on the wall, or you don't have purpose, you don't have vision or any of those things that really help create culture. If you have created a way of being, and that's really what culture is, mm-hmm. how we're going to be, uh, I do think that you could 
easily build in whatever level you are, whatever, even if you're the the first line manager, you can have conversations, you know, this is what we're trying to create a space in which we all show up in this way. What's going well and and what could even be better if? So you can have those little check-ins that have conversation, then do something with it. Because if you're going to ask, don't don't just sit on it, do something with it. And uh, so those check-ins, I think, are really important. And jump into any process to develop or review the tenets or values or whatever you call it uh, of the organization. I'm not a big fan of those words on the wall, but I am a big fan of the discussion choosing what those words are. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I think it's just a, it's used as a symbol. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the actual conversations talking about what those are, to me, I'm really interested in that. Yes. And I also think talking to them what they mean to me, any work that I've ever done in this space accelerates so much more when a senior leader, I always often cascade them down, which are, but we bubble them up and then we can cascade them down as well. But when you say this one in particular is important to me because of this. Yes. And here's why this is the most important. They're all important. This one to me really is important because this, and here's how I've seen it come alive in this organization. The stories bring it alive. Oh my goodness. It just is so powerful. And then open it up. So where have you seen it? What which one's most important to you and why? Having that dialogue is so so rich and that it basically integrates those values, tenants, purpose, culture into uh it helps me see it and it helps me see a place that where I can impact it. I've seen uh, the process of, of choosing those things and wording them multiple times. And the better situations are one where there's actually uh, people tell stories, whether it's a made up story just to uh, you know make a point or something from their past or whatever. I think that just makes it a better experience. And, and people, uh, you know, words, and maybe it's just me, words up on wall aren't as important to me is, is the stories that on how, on why we decided that mm-hmm. those were the words and yeah, why that I is important. Yeah, I agree, 100%. And encourage team members to jump into any process to develop these things as well. Uh, often, you know, people will be complaining, well, you know, blah, blah. Say, listen, there's an opportunity here. I think you should get on the committee mm-hmm. and put in your 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 thoughts and, and listen to other people's thoughts and stuff like that. There's nothing better than giving somebody construct, something constructive to do, something that's important. And I love that. And we, you, you talked about Mary you know, for some change uh, the last time or the yeah, time yeah. before that. And there's nothing better than giving Mary yeah. uh, a, an opportunity to work out some of the things that they're, they're, they're troubled with and, and put them in, into a positive situation and, and uh, have them listen to everybody else. And, and I mean, set them up the, to, to be successful. Like you don't want them going in there complaining, but going in there, like, think about what your, your is important to you. Listen to what's important to other people. Work it out. Yeah. Yeah. I I was just going to go to Mary <laughs> because that, that's such a great way to, if you have someone you know, in our last podcast, if you weren't listening, Mary was a, a particular individual who was crunchy and, and really was not an enabler of culture. But by having a conversation and actually getting her involved in one organization I was at, she became the culture champion. She became uh, the person who led in so many ways. And all of those folks that were sitting on the fence and thought this is another one of those things things that the new boss is bringing in said, listen, if Mary's on board, there must be something behind it. Because she is not the kind of person that would just leap onto something without being the devil's advocate kind of challenging it. So that was such a, it was like a boom accelerator. 
So it gives the process some cred. And it, mm -hmm. it actually sounds like it gave Mary some credibility as well. It did. And it gave her purpose. And, you know, she just showed up. She was still a bit crunchy, but she showed up. But she had all that experience. Positive, crunchy, and contributing. And, you know, it's just it was a beautiful thing. And the last point on uh, the manager's side is make sure you, on a regular basis, check your behavior. As a manager or a supervisor or whatever I've been in the past, um, there's times when I've kind of done a checkup and uh, perhaps I wasn't uh, uh, helping out culture to a high enough level. And a couple of times there was a reason. Mm -hmm. And other kind times it was just things have just slid. I went, okay, I got to I gotta pull up my... My, my socks on this one. I, I need to, I need to do a better job. And on the other situation, you know, I had to make a decision, you know, am I going to stay here or am I going to move on or whatever it is? So I think having that conversation with yourself, like, how am I doing, doing the mm -hmm. check-in and maybe you ask a trusted friend, like, am I showing up? Like, what's the mm -hmm, deal? Mm -hmm. And if I'm not, why is that? And there might be a, a perfectly logical reason in the dynamics of the organization you're in, but there might be, oh, I, I just, I'm just letting things slide. I need to, I need to be on top of things. Yeah. And then, you know, if it, if you have a chance to be able to share that, I mean, we know the power of vulnerability, but to be able to say, Hey, you know, cause all our styles are different. We have uh, an instinctual approaches to certain things that might make it harder to live the tenants, one of the tenants or a couple of the tenants, you know, with regards to, cause you know, if you are innately, um, uh, someone who is more, uh, process driven more action less people oriented um even that leader in that bad place i was talking about um he he just it, it's like he didn't have any of those gifts whatsoever uh, i've seen equal um non-emotionally intelligent leaders say you know what i recognize that it's just not in me i just don't see and that's something i don't look at but i'm building the habits to see more uh, and so that is so freeing for people sometimes. If you're a leader to say, you know what, I know that I get challenged with living, really living this one core tenet of our organization. I'm working on it. And here's what the help I need from you. And I'm going to slip sometimes, but I'm working on it. That's freeing for people because, you know, we sometimes those words on the wall are really hard to live sometimes just because innately we they just don't come naturally to us. So let's switch over to the employee. The first point, how are you contributing to the culture of the workplace? I think that check-in uh, thought process is important as well. It could be you're just not taking advantage of it. It could be it's toxic. It could be perhaps the culture generally has been slipping away and you have been as well. Uh, good idea to do a check-in just like the manager. How are, you know, how are you contributing to it? Yeah, and you know what? If you're in an environment that doesn't appreciate how you're living, or even if they're not living the culture and you believe in the culture, you know, like I've gone into organizations where I thought I was really excited about it and I got in there and it was not the, the pictures on the wall, the, the videos that shared where it was nothing like that. I still chose to show up. Mm. while i'm there in those things and i think this is that this is like you know whether it's there or not be who you want to be and then if it if if you can't influence if you can't shift it if you can't create the space you want to create whatever your role is then be more thoughtful next time you're interviewing mm -hmm. and uh and do some double checking but 
But yeah, I mean, I think I think we all have the opportunity to show up wherever we are, even if it's not a great place. And part of that thought process about, uh, you know, how are you contributing to the culture of the workplace, as well as what difficulties are you experiencing with the culture of the workplace? Uh, and I'm going to throw in the next one because I think it's, um, well, there's two more. How are your transactions with your bosses and how are your transactions with your fellow employees? Uh, I think all three of them are, are part of this thought process as well. Like, you know, what particular am I having difficulties with? Mm. People not showing up to meetings. Okay, how do I deal with that? Um, uh, people, when we're in a meeting, look at their, looking at their phone all the time. Uh, uh, you know, and how is it working with your boss? Is, is it a good conversation when you have a conversation? Or do the conversations not take place? Or, mm. or do you not get what you want out of those conversations? Uh, and the same with uh, your fellow employees as well. Yeah, and you know what? Um, then find a way to have a conversation if you can, right? Uh, and uh, you don't want to point people up saying you're not living the values. I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I'm living the values, or I'm living the culture, and you're not. And I'm, you know, that's not going to do anything. However, you can say, "Boy, I'm really struggling." Um, and uh, you know, I know that one of our tenants is this, and I'm really trying to live it, and this is what I'm missing. And so, figure out if you can have a conversation, uh, because you, it's amazing sometimes if you if you're courageous enough, you can't say what's going on in their brain if it's a fellow employee who's doing it. But what you can share is how you're experiencing it. When you do this, this is how I feel. This is what I want. You know, we've talked about the uh, SBIQ tool before, but it's pretty simple situation, behavior, the impact and questions or what you want. You know what? It it, uh, often people don't know if you're one of those people that really just doesn't see it or I don't have that innate gift and I'm showing up in a certain way. Sometimes we just assume people have said something. So I have to manage my passive aggressive nature. Mm. Uh, but off, sometimes in situations where, uh, like I'm in a, I'm in a meeting and they grab the phone a couple of times. I've gone, listen, uh, I see you're busy. Uh, let me know when you have some time that we can have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go and do a couple of things. And, uh, sometimes people are shocked by that, but it, like, I'm being truthful. Like mm-hmm. you're obviously too busy. I keep restarting what I'm talking about and we're not getting anywhere or, or somebody, you know, shows up late for a meeting and uh, like really late night and they go, oh, we can talk now. I said, uh, actually, I have a, a meeting in five minutes mm-hmm. with a couple of people on my team and I do not want to be late for them. We have some stuff that we have to talk mm-hmm. about. How about I reschedule this? And I have to be careful not to be sarcastic, mm-hmm. Greg, because I can deliver a really good sarcastic line. Uh, let's reschedule this to when, when you, when we both have the time. That is, is that a good? lovely way because you're holding your space, you're modeling your behaviors and that type of thing, and you're still, because you know, the other thing sometimes we can, and that's where that slippery slope happens is you can just slip and you know then I'm late for my people, right? And what and do that, they think about me? Right, right. So if you can, if you can, uh, if you can say it, I think that's really good. I, I'm very, I'm very, actually very firm with it. Yeah, and like you know, somebody's come up to me. Oh, did we have a meeting? Yeah, mm-hmm. we did, mm-hmm. and just. The silence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like si- yeah. silence is a wonderful thing. And like, I'm not being, uh, you know what, yeah. um, I can be very passive aggressive mm. and very sarcastic. Mm. But I find when I curb that, the idea that I had that came out of that is actually not a bad idea. Uh, yes, we had a meeting. Yeah. And then now we have to decide what to do. Yeah, that's so interesting. Because, you know, I think uh, I can be impatient with people. And I... No, really? Y- yes. Really? And, and, uh, and if... And if um, because I'm a pretty fast thinker on things, 
and uh, and I will go to my solution or or whatever I believe is the right way of doing things. And even culture, right? I can believe in something really strong. And if someone shows up differently, you are a passionate guy. I can be passionate. I can get annoyed and impatient with people. And so my growth, if yours is passive aggressive, how do I make sure that I still say what I think, but not let it tip over? Mine is because I'm really funny inside, Greg. I'm really yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm having a oh, laugh. I know, I'm I, having a laugh. I know, I know. <laughs> and for me, it's just about um, being curious first. And you know, uh, someone said recently, I may have said it recently too, uh, is that you can't change a person, but you can change a conversation. Absolutely. And so when I'm curious and when I ask questions, even when I'm impatient or annoyed. I usually discover something, mm. you know, there, there's, there's something more on here. So, and I think we can all do that too. Uh, and the next two I'm going to group together as well. Is there a set of tenets or values to guide the organization? And, uh, do they mean anything in the organization? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm really, I'm really interested in the perspective of the, of the employees mm -hmm. and in the support people about what they think about these things, mm -hmm. because quite often, uh, they have a very unique idea of 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 how and it's because of the job that they do and they you know they're they're supporting other people and management and stuff i love uh having focus meetings with them and i've been through a couple change things and i've had to have conversations i love listening to what they have to say because it is so direct mm -hmm. and so clear and it really is putting a, a mirror up to the organization yeah and it is and the other thing that i've been hearing a lot lately about is the importance of being really clear of what they are and what they're not Yes. Because the other thing that swung a lot, there's been and, and it's been needed. There's there has been a swing to employee employee power per se in organizations, but but it's so um, it's individual employee power often. So I define it as this, and therefore this must be, and I'm going to stand for this with regard to it. And so if you have an unclear tenants in the organization or what people's quote rights are and that type of thing, it can be really really crunchy. And again, I think what people are looking for is clarity, what it is and what it isn't. And, you know, there's a little bit of an accountability aspect in that as well. And I, so I think there's, there's something there about um, whatever your tenants, are they understood, are they clear, and are they lived are three things that are so important. During a change conversation, you know, having dozens and dozens of uh, uh, focus groups, one person afterwards went, this is the first time somebody's ever asked me about this. Mm -hmm. And the the responsibility I felt after that conversation, mm. I went, oh my goodness, this tells me so much about how we're approaching this, mm -hmm. that this person has never had the opportunity to contribute or give a little feedback. Mm -hmm. And uh, I tell you, I was just struck by that. Mm -hmm. It was is like, oh my goodness. I need to do better in my part of this process and listening to, mm. to more people. Mm -hmm. And it really encouraged me, but at the same time, get put a load of responsibility on me. Like I'm a leader in this thing. And uh, I just found out that there's a, a certain constituency that probably feels that they don't have a voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. And do you sense a slipping away in the culture? And we've talked about this a couple of times. Um, you know, no, no, not just to check up on ourselves, but just seeing what's going on. And then, we can affect the immediate area that we are. We can have a conversation. We can model the way that we want to deal with one another and create this cultural people feel uh, seen, that they feel listened to, that they feel appreciated, mm -hmm. 
um, you know, taking a look around and saying like, what are we not doing well? What are, what am I not doing well Mm -hmm. as well? Yeah. And you know, the next one really around use your influence to encourage and improve the culture. The three, I go back to those three unarguable statements. I think I'm feeling, I'm sensing, you know, really those are things that, that you can start the conversation. I'm sensing that we're, we're losing uh, our our consistency on how we're living our values. I'm worried that if we do that, uh, this is what's going to happen. I'm thinking that one way we might have it is let's have a refreshed conversation around our values. Would you be up for having a discussion around just reminding us what they mean and why they're important and how they help our success and how they help our clients, whatever that might be? Um, what's the worst people can say is no. You it, know, it's, and, inter- it's interesting that we're such different people, different people, because you want to talk about it. Uh, that's your first thing that comes into your mind. And the first thing that comes into my mind, and we would probably do both, but the first thing that comes into my mind is action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, okay, uh, what can I affect here? Yeah. You know, what, you know, in the people that I deal with in the next couple of days, how can I push up this thing that I see slipping away? I'm pretty sure we do both and we both appreciate yeah, yeah, both. Yeah. But it's funny that you go immediately to having a conversation. I immediately go to action. Yeah. 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 And I just, I think you're, you're right. And both, I think, are valuable, right? Absolutely I, valuable. I agree 100%. Yeah. That's so funny. And just, uh, you know, this is the reason why folks, uh, Greg and I have these conversations because we are totally different people. Yeah. We're different numbers. We have very different experience, although uh, we're probably brought up in kind of the same vein and, and culture and mm. stuff like that. And we're both uh, a certain age. Uh, as my granddaughter says, uh, she asked me how old I was and I told her, she goes, Papa, that's a big number. But, um, you know. But there's discounts now. There's discounts. Exactly. So, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, that's why, you know, we've been very clear that we are not experts in anything, mm. although you do a lot of um, uh specialty type things and help organizations mm-hmm. experience these things. And I've gone into uh, uh, parts of organizations to clean up the mess and, and be very action focused mm-hmm. and, and, you know, what is causing this morale problem? Uh, mm-hmm. this, okay. There's misconduct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's deal with it. So we both have, we both have experience in different ways in dealing with this, but um, uh, yeah, it's interesting. This is why I think people, you know, we always say we're not experts, but who are you talking to? Mm-hmm. Like Greg and I have been having this conversation. This will be 142, 143, and we have other conversations as well. And there's value to me in having these conversations. And the reason we invite you guys is you can just eavesdrop into our conversation and hopefully have one of your own. Yeah. I mean, something like this, take a conversation to where your place is and say, hey, I just listened to this podcast on culture. And I'm thinking about where where is ours right now, and what can I do where I'm where I'm at right now, and what conversation do I need to have? Yeah. Or what do I need to do yeah. if you're on Alster's side of the table? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, wrap up. Yeah, just you know, this one for me is I think this is the heart of of the success of every organization of your business. I no question. So, what is your culture? What do you believe in? And how are you enabling it to happen? And, uh, you know, what are your watchouts that uh, you're going to protect against that slippage that can happen over time, especially when new leaders are coming in? You know, and the other thing we didn't talk about with culture, it's like when you have new leaders and how are you onboarding them? How are you engaging them early on in the conversation? Whipping them into shape. Well, because if they're not, if they don't understand 
um, then they're not going to be able to live and support and champion the culture. And they also might bring new things that can help as your culture evolves, because I think it does evolve over time. But that should be a really big conversation mm. in, in bringing them on. It should probably be part of the conversation during the interview process. Right, right, right. Well, what's that famous saying, culture eats strategy for breakfast? Um, you can have all the strategies of the world, but if people aren't engaged towards something together, or even know what it is, yeah, then then your strategy is going to die in the vine. And and that's usually been my my problem. Uh, you know, a few times where I felt uh, kind of disenfranchised. Mm -hmm. like, uh, nobody's telling me what's going on. Yeah, right. You know. Yeah. So, um, my my wrap up, Greg, is uh, you know, we'll. In any organization, you're probably going to experience different uh, aspects of culture. It could be negative. It could be really good. It could be that slipping away thing, which I think most people probably experience. Uh, I hope they don't get to the, the the third one, which is where it's a, a toxic environment. Mm. And, you know, it's, you know, it, and I've, I've been in that situation. But uh, the responsibility is each and every one of us. Mm. You, know, you might be in a position where you can't do anything, but... Uh, maybe just those little increments and, and uh, affect what you can affect. Mm -hmm. and, and leaders, you got to get your act together. Like, uh, you know, ask the questions, uh, you know, take somebody for a coffee. How do you, how do you think this is working? Mm -hmm. uh, what are your concerns? But you got to be prepared for the answer. Mm -hmm. Like if you are telling people to be honest, then you have to listen to what mm -hmm. they have to say. And there can't be any retribution for it or anything like mm -hmm. that. Like, you know, we have to be grown ups about this. And if there's some issues you want to know, then ask the question, but prepared, be prepared for the answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for uh, sure. So uh, I, I, I've worked in so many places where the culture is good. And sometimes I've inherited it. And sometimes uh, it was developed while I was there. Sometimes mm -hmm. as, as an employee, I just benefited from working for some really good people that had a really good attitude. And, and uh, a really good culture probably looks different a little bit to everybody. Mm -hmm. But if you have it, and celebrate it, man. It's cool. Yeah. And you know what? It's it's so interesting, just as you were just saying that I was also one of my favorite cultures, and I won't name the organization, but uh, of those top three, it disappeared. Mm. Um, and uh, um, well, yeah, because a leader came in and, and destroyed it. Yeah. Yeah. They were just, they had a, and they weren't a bad person. They just had a different viewpoint. And as a result, uh, all that beautiful work disappeared. Now, the good thing is that a lot of those folks went to other organizations and because they had that sense, they had that they spread the experience, wealth. they knew what good culture was. So even if, and it's sad when a culture disappears, um, uh, those seeds get spread all over the place. And you know what? Often when somebody new comes in or somebody takes over whatever it is, it isn't that they had bad ideas. It, it's, they didn't know how to execute it. They didn't mm -hmm. know how to talk. They they just fumbled all over the place, and that's what caused the damage. It isn't sometimes. It isn't the idea. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a lack of knowing uh, knowing the lay of the land and how the room looks. But quite often, it's just people fumbling things. People step into things sometimes that they have. They, they it isn't their skill set. Right. And, and you know, if you know that you don't have a good skill set in a certain area, then you bring somebody else along with you, or you. You get a consultant or, you yeah, know, like yeah. it's not like there isn't a consultant in this room, yeah, but, yeah. um, uh, yeah. So yeah, for sure. Uh, listen, uh, we've talked about a lot of stuff tonight and, uh, I hope you find it helpful. I hope, uh, you weren't offended, uh, by it or we made you really angry, but this is definitely one of those episodes where we need, uh, 
to hear your philosophy, Greg, to make sure that we exit this this podcast in the right frame of mind. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Well, we close every one of our podcasts with a great insight that I had from my first coach. And she said, Greg, when we get together, there are going to be things that we talk about that are going to get you excited. You're going to feel good about because you're moving in the right direction. But there are also going to be things that might make you feel a little crunchy. And uh, the the beauty of those crunchy things are is they're usually something you can learn from. So she encouraged me and I encouraged my coaches and, and folks that I talk about is listen to the crunch as much as you do the joy because there's learning in both of those. So we hope that in this podcast, as with all our podcasts, there are things that you're feeling good about that you're making traction on. You say, I do that. Yeah, we've been, I've been doing that. But there might be also some things that are going yikes uh, or something that you're, you're really even a little annoyed at. Sit with them a bit. Think about why are you annoyed and what can you learn from it? And, and you can say thank you to us later. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> but I think this is probably one of those ones is, is probably going over to I'm a little bit annoyed, a little bit crunchy because th this is something people have some very strong feelings mm. about. And sometimes people think they are in a good spot and they mm. might not be. Mm -hmm. and, and I think there's a lot of stuff that goes into this. And I agree. Confidence and point of view and stuff. I agree. A shout out? Sure. I'm excited about this one. Okay. Uh, Chiyoda Ku, Tokyo. Oh. Japan. Don't believe we've had anyone from the Japan before. Definitely have folks uh, from uh, across Asia, um, but um, Japan, that's awesome. So it's a, in a section of Tokyo near the Imperial Palace. So I don't know who's listening to us. I'm not going <laughs> to suggest who, or who it is or isn't, but uh, it's bordering up to the Imperial Palace area. So, that is uh, so cool. Yeah, so cool. So, I had to look it up. I was just so excited. Like, <laughs> yeah. Where is this place? And it, it seems to be part of Tokyo near near where wow. the, the Emperor and Empress wow. live. So that is I'm awesome. not saying who it is. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, you have anything else, my friend? I don't. That's great. Okay. Uh, listen, folks, people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care. <laughs>